Good. <laughs> Good morning, pilgrims and travelers on that funny path, funny pack, funny path of life. There's a reason why I just say pack. I just put my reproot. I just put it again, my pack on me. I uh, was out. It's about uh, close to 11:30, and I just picked up a few things that. Uh, so, well, I wouldn't call them weed, but some of those uh, unwanted, basically, growing plenty thingies in a, in a front bed. That just, you know, they they spread their seed and they grow quite a bit. Although, I don't know, Pilar might like them, but, you know, I'm cleaning up uh, that yard little project. Kind of a funny thing, you know, clipping with the scissors, so it's kind of fun. Anywho, and I had... Uh, pull some of those. The other stuff, I'm kind of cutting them. I'm cutting the, the grass that I'm clipping, kind of mulching it basically by hand and putting it back, of course. Anyhow, <coughs> so today's back and there's a yeah, kind of a, a little twist on it because initially I'm going to go on my big climb. So with a pack, you know, the big climb, you already can hear me panting. And then the idea here is to actually go slow enough to where there should not be an issue. So that's kind of my goal. So initially I was going to wait until I got to the top. But I kind of really like, I kind of really like, oh, I'm, I'm uh, tripping myself here. I kind of realize I like to uh, warm up, you know, as I'm talking too. So kind of getting used to that. Yeah. I have the feeling I'm going to miss that a little bit, you know, when I am... When I'm doing my months, months and a half in silence. So, but, you know, I'm excited about all of it. It'll be great. It'll be great. So, housekeeping. Oh, the library was open yesterday. So I uh, I uploaded a lot of uh, podcasts. So I have a lot of nutritional podcasts. I'm pretty much on the languages. I'm kind of caught up on most of them. The Japanese one, the French-Japanese, is the only one that she's published a lot of them. They're short, but she's published a lot of them. So she's been very prolific. That's a nice word, prolific, eh? Um, anyhow. So, it's going to be a little touch. should be one or so degrees warmer than yesterday. So, I uh, think we're going to be looking at a quick dip down the road, but not much. I mean, that's... Uh, we are short t-shirt right now, you know, getting used to getting my skin tan and I can, I already can tell on my arm I have a little bit. So that's kind of great. It's really, really, what a great transition. Anyhow. So, let's see what's on my mind. Uh, well, one simple. Uh, apparently, uh, Pilar has something going on on the 15, you know, when uh, Urban, when I'm planning to be to Urban. So it looks like uh, she won't be joining. So, oh, there is what's interesting about it. It's not so much that she said that, but the way, I don't know for you, but there are messages to me that just, they kind of like, they are like a stabby. They kind of, I feel like I'm being stabbed by them. They just feel rough. And that's my kind of overly, sensitive and I just uh, 
it did affect me, I have to say, you know, not much, but still I'm like, why is it, you know, why does it affect me? And, uh, well, in a way, I'm going to piggyback to uh, just pick up the plastic stuff to recycle. I guess I'll get this one too. And that's it. I'm not going to spend my whole time picking up recycle. <clears throat> I'm going to piggyback on yesterday. So, you know, yesterday I didn't check, uh, um, you know, the messages. I mean, when my phone got in silence, it was fine. And But this morning, normally what I do when I'm done with meditation, so, you know, the yoga and meditation, we're looking at about a couple of hours. And then uh, to get my uh, left leg to get some blood circulating again, this one always, uh, from the cross leg, it's always the one that seems to be the most pressure applied to, so it loses some circulation. So I basically check the weather, and then uh, I turn on my hotspot, because I use my phone to use my tablet for Duolingo, and later on for the YouTube while I'm watching my Japanese stuff. And uh, and then basically I saw there was a message from her. And so I replied to her, and then she replied short, shortly after, because she gets up early when she goes to work, and she goes work out before going to the office, to the hospital. And so, yeah, so it's, uh, the, when I read that response is when I felt, basically, I felt affected by it. And felt a little sadness, I guess. Not, not that uh, she wasn't going to be there, that's fine, you know, it's, it's okay, I get it, you know. But there was something about the way it was written that it was kind of like, felt almost like dismissive. And that's my interpretation, I know that. Because I'm pretty sure if I was to ask her, like it's happened before, I've checked with her, so I don't really feel the need now because it's more than likely going to be, man, no big deal. It's like there was nothing. It was just like, well, I guess I won't be there because that's, uh, there's something else I got going on, which is fine. And then a little bit later, because it was kind of my mind, I just sent her kind of like, you know, have a have a great day type deal. And then she replied and it felt just fine. But it's uh, it's interesting that part of me, that's such a tricky thing, you know, when it's you, you know, when you when you feel what you feel, you feel it, and it is legitimate. And even though, you know, if you don't do some kind of check and balances, or if you don't become skeptical of some part of it, then you can easily become very paranoid, you know easily and and the assumption that what we're feeling is golden it's yeah it's it's a bunch of bull it's not true sometimes the wiring is you know just faulty i mean even like uh, yesterday i was listening on aging biological biological aging and it's my goodness my goodness how complicated that shit is but you know talking about there are so many exceptions there are so many things to consider for anything you know, not one thing works the same for everybody. So, you know, like uh, the way the mind normally works or just kind of assuming that what we think happened is what happened, I think it's where the problem starts. When we lean, you know, against that tool. And uh, 
so yeah this is an interesting one to me that uh i don't know exactly when i started to to kind of as a challenge or to become more skeptical about it but definitely with pillar i realized at the beginning that it was going to be something that i was going to have to doesn't matter if i look like a fool i was going to have to check with her and to make sure and keep that slate clean because i just couldn't chance it because of what can happen you know those small little things you know little pieces of dust here and there but that's okay hold on maybe i shouldn't clip my uh, heat belt here but after a while you know they accumulate so uh, but i feel like now nah, yeah it's okay i feel like i'm kind of maybe learning to reframe and being like yeah that's just that's just a part of me that somehow up till now you know how i have made sense of it or what the extra quality of the experience was and uh and to do what makes sense to me so to challenge you know to to stretch a little bit and then also to be kind so that kind of uh dance again but trying to push that line you know that boundary a little further but not too much you know and uh and to allow the the organic pros uh, progression to take place meaning i don't know where i will end with that you know could be something that i will end up dying with and then still will be will remain that or maybe you know there will be some update to where it won't so i, I do believe in you know that you can change habits but number one it's not that easy and number two you have to know how to pick your battles and uh and to me i guess it's not a big big deal because you know it doesn't well i don't know actually as i'm saying that i'm thinking it doesn't happen too much maybe it happens more than i think but you know when it comes down to people that i don't care about i don't do anything about it because i don't care it doesn't matter so uh, i'm like i'll take my bias so maybe it is way more relevant than i think but in this case kind of the irony because normally you know how do you eat an elephant you know one bite at a time so the idea is you don't go crazy you just pace yourself you know it's a marathon you go small step by small step and like a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step like what i'm doing right now but in this case it seems to be the other way around it's like for me that single step is basically the people that matters the most are the one with whom i have to invest and i have to challenge that kind of a feedback system because i think it's important i think it's a definitely problematic for me in terms of uh, my perceived connection with others sometimes that i way overreact and uh, and so to try to find a coping mechanism to still value and then cherish or, or or care about the part that somehow is affected but reframing about what's coming out on the other hand so to feel very sensitive but not to draw those kind of conclusions and uh that's going to be something interesting interesting
Oh, I'm actually doing pretty good, right? I'm not going too fast. I'm able to talk. I get this heavy pack on and I'm going to heavy climb here. So not bad, not bad. I mean, obviously, oh yeah, that's something that I was thinking this morning. You know, when when things get hard, it's like just change the pace, slow down. You know, I think for me before, I remember some instances to where things were the kind of boring, which is hard, or just basically playing like physical, physically hard. So the idea you basically, you power through it, right? It's like, let me just get it over with. And then when I'll go on the other side, there'll be the rainbow and then I feel better. And uh, I'm kind of realizing, am I really benefiting? Am I really milking that experience for what it's worth when it's happening? You know? And uh, of course, boredom is tricky for me. You know? But uh, the idea of when things get physically hard, just slow down. You know? Tweak it. Tweak the machine. And uh, forget it. Kind of let go. Let let the go. Let the world go by the wayside, and then just focus. Be with yourself. You know, I have a feeling that's going to be a lot of that coming up for me. Uh, and not just you know, meaning with the world. I mean with myself, with my mind. You know, what I'm aware with in terms of, you know, when I when I when I do meditation, the challenges. You know, the re-lassoing back myself, come back here, come back here, come back here, come back here. You know, this kind of training and uh, um, I do. I'm, I'm actually curious, but I'm excited because it feels like there's a little progress being made with this kind of new pattern. Um, also realizing that possibly for me, because being sensitive the way that I am to things, that it's kind of easily for me to become de- to become uh, to lose concentration. I was going to say deconcentrate, uh, but to lose concentration. And so, when I know I have uh, some leverage, and I kind of know what's coming up, like for instance, going to mass or doing my meditation. I mean, which is also one of the reasons for me where I do it in the morning when I first get up. Because that that's the easiest, you know, it's easier for me to get to be concentrated in the morning, and uh, and now you know that the evening to do the sitting meditation. So you know, basically when I go to mass now, quarter till seven, the phone is gone, and it's like I'm not going to be looking at it until the next morning. So uh, and then looking for things to help me. Because I, as I'm exploring this new avenue, I really want to give it a chance to to be experienced, to really take a proper place. So for me, I have this adequate experience because I don't know if it's, like I say, is it the flavor of the day on the buffet aisle? Or is it something that's going to stay with me? Is it something that's going to become more relevant? You know, this reading, The Desert Father, uh, so far, it is the most meaningful Christian reading that I've ever read. I still have to go back to New Seeds of Contemplation by uh, Thomas Merton. I'll have to get that book. And also Meister Hickart, kind of, I think he's like a 13th century German, kind of a known guy.
And uh, so if I know I'm going to be doing those things, then to really be mindful about the environment, about what's happening, how the environment is affecting my practice, and, and are there things that I can do, you know, to make that experience more smooth. And for me, that's definitely one of those, to try to limit, you know, the, the external distractions. You know, of course, if you're living like in a monastery, you know, if you're doing a retreat, if you're going in a very special place where it's a, a communal intention for that to happen, that's easier. It, it's in a design, so it's very conducive. But in my case, I am a layman. So for me, I just basically got to find a way to make it work. I want to say a word, but I guess it's not politically correct. Along with rigged, you know, it's like, it might not look pretty, but it will do the job type deal. And, uh, but I'm not going to say it. I, I can appreciate that. Uh, so, so yeah, kind of uh, thinking about that message this morning. And then, uh, I mean, though I was done with my meditation and all, but I realized... Yeah, it's like, be be very mindful of that. It, I mean, it, it did uh, very, a little bit in terms of going to languages, but, you know, it, it requires so much because I start with Japanese. First thing in the morning with my warm cup of uh, chicory, and it's chicory and then um, barley and rye. And uh, I, I go straight to Japanese, you know, for at least half an hour. Something like that. And I don't know why, too. That's kind of weird. Lately, it's been easier. It's kind of weird. Anyway. But I, oh, but I'm, I know I'm not done. <laughs> there are many, many layers still to be peeled in the Japanese kingdom before. Oh, we have a runner here. Going to get out of the way. So, so yeah, the languages. Laura. The languages stuff, you know. It's not that much of an issue because it is challenging enough for my mind that it just has to, to gather all of its troop and really build a, a proper momentum. But for the rest, it's just, it's more, it's like lace, you know, like this very, very, very fine fabric, you know, fine sewing, and that doesn't require much to stain it or to tear it or to damage it. You have to be more careful than, for instance, like a collar or like a pair of jeans, you know. So it's kind of uh, always there is this element of discernment when it comes to uh, how, how you deal with any particular given situation. And uh, for me, I realize I am so, I feel so, such like a novice when it comes to it, which is really weird, you know, saying that for something that I've been involved for so long. But it's a reality that I'm very weak and it's very easy to throw me off balance. So I need to put protection in place. Like that story about if you're going to plant a tree in a field where you have elephants, you know, at first put a fence around it because the, the elephants are going to destroy it. But when the tree is well established, then you don't have to worry about that. It can take care of its own. So it's not like it's something forever. Though, you know, a lot of the Desert Fathers do warn against that, of taking things for granted. You know, that it, there's a danger 
to sit on your laurels and then uh, yeah but that's something different that's kind of like a refining and understanding but the point will be you know once you you kind of master level then you move on to the next and there is kind of like a, a momentum and there is an element of inertia to that momentum because it does require you to keep showing up you know to keep doing it and sometime you know well, with the good the bad and the ugly you know you could have a shitty day or whatever and still showing up and having a shitty show but you know that's not the point so you still there's still things that you have to do that are required of you part of your commitment but as it gets ingrained more you know there's some kind of an anchor that starts to grow and it makes you more steady so when you start to have maybe bad weather yeah your boat still is getting rocked all over the place but the anchor really helps you don't have to struggle as hard you're kind of getting help so so anyway so something that that seems to keep popping up lately that kind of raising of the awareness which is going to be interesting because you know when i start doing the the camino it's going to be a foreign environment every day with a bunch of people i mean not as crazy as a whoa, french camino but still you know i mean even like when she was talking to raquel she was telling me for march to be in a place where you have like 10 people i'm like jesus that's, that's a lot of people already for march you know so <laughs> anyhow so something that i'm aware of Anyway, I'm uh, not quite to the cave, but uh, yeah, this is turning out to be, you know, it's kind of boring and easy because I'm going so slow. But at the same time too, it's like, I guess there can be the question in terms of energy output, because if I am, you know, working harder and I get that done in one third of the time, then what's more taxing? You know, the energy output, if you have it, you know, if I can really power it and then get it done in, in a third of the time or to go more time. I don't know. It's one of those things that I'm not sure it's quite clear. But because I do not like to stop going uphill or up a mountain, it kind of makes sense to really find a sustainable pace Obviously, it's more work. You know, I'm going up here regardless of how slow I'm going to be. It's just going to be more work than going on a flat ground. That's just the reality of a unlevel ground. But it still can be sustainable. That is my point, and I'm sticking to it. Anywho. Oh, I'm watching the, well, that's, here's an interesting translation right there. I talked about the, as a Spanish sometime, they have some weird translation. So they have a movie called The Good Nurse based on this guy, uh, Colin, ooh, I forgot his name. Um, Colin McCarty, I forgot. Anyway, I think Colin is his last name. But he's basically this nurse, kind of spooky nurse. I'm not going to say much more. So in the US, in, uh, in English, it's called The Good Nurse. It's on Netflix, but in Spanish, 
They call it El Angel de la Muerte. Or El Angel de Muerte, I forgot, but basically means the angel of death. And I'm like, what a change in translation. And in all fairness, uh, it's not inaccurate, at least for this one, but it's, uh, well, I mean, the, the good nurse, well, spoiler alert, if you're going to watch it, guys, just stop this one. But uh, I like the good nurse because what I take from it, I, I see it as a double pawn. Because I saw there was a mini-series, basically as a mini-docu-series, about this guy. So I've already kind of, uh, I'm already a little bit versed about his story, kind of what happened, and uh, basically what it meant in terms of uh, hospital uh, protection philosophy, you know. Which is, that's definitely the most problematic, actually, of the whole thing to me. It's not what the guy did. But it's kind of like a... Uh, kind of like with the church and the pedophile. You know, how they chose to to manage it. That's definitely questionable. And for something like a hospital, you know, where you feel like, you know, your safety, your health is what's most important. And in here, liability becomes more relevant than that, than error and shame and guilt that you would have to carry, you know, by manning up for things that have happened that you're not proud of, or that you know were wrong, you know, and that you're willing to make amend. But, uh, so, the good nurse, you know, obviously, in this case, a pawn is basically, so there's a sarcasm, basically, because this guy killed people, but the other part is not so black and white, because he seemed to be really, really afflicted by the pain. And there was a way that is so for them to not suffer anymore. So, you know, that part is like, you know, I mean, after that, you know, any slippery slope, you know, you can, you can argue whatever you want. I'm not making a case for him or against him. But I can appreciate that, you know, how it started. Possibly a very specific case where the prognostic of that person was looked very, very bad. I guess the prognosis, sorry, uh, prognostico in Spanish. The prognosis looks very bad. And so, you know, you kind of, you're looking at the policy of the hospital, which is basically, you know, to maintain alive at all costs. And then you're looking at that person, maybe they're becoming a vegetable or, or you know, that basically pretty much they are more than likely doomed. So because you find it hard to bear that kind of pain, you know, that kind of a purgatory you basically pull the plug. And I can appreciate, you know, that you could find yourself in a place like that. So, you know, it's, uh, for me personally, it's kind of nice to find not so much a redeeming quality, but a gray area. You know, unlike like the, the, the athletic Olympic doctors, you know, that just uh, physically, arrested, no, I mean molested, sorry, molested all those young girls, that's different. And again, I'm sure the guy has his own baggage, you know, I'm not saying, I don't believe that somebody is evil, I just choose not to believe that, that people do evil things, heck yes, you bet, my goodness, there seems to be no glass ceiling to what that uh, cru uh, human cruelty potential is, in terms of what can happen, you know. And I see you see that with like mass shooting and 
even that one in, uh, oh, I forgot where it was, it was in Scandinavia, that, that uh, alt-right, you know, that kind of third uh, right kind of like uh, SS fanatic, uh, su uh, supremacy, you know, racial supremacy guy, and he ended up killing all those teenage that were in summer camp. I mean, did something quite elaborate. Did blow up stuff in downtown. I forgot the name of it. That was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is. And I forgot how many he killed. <laughs> Anywho. But again, you know, for somebody to do something like that, you know, it's like either the wiring, you know, you know, in terms of mother nature, kind of like, oops, sorry, I, <laughs> I fell asleep at the wheel here. I didn't tie the knot right, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, so nurture versus nature, you know, to, uh, and maybe there are causes which are known, you know, I'm not, I'm not claiming to know, but that's kind of where I stay. That, that's where I put my foot down. And the other one is, you know, how many, how many rapists were abused, whether sexually, physically, or emotionally, repetitively when they were young, you know, and led them to kind of be disturbed in that way. And somehow to derive pleasure from inflicting pain. And even that I can. You know, even that. And I don't even know if I'm done with it, actually. I, I have not, you know, inflicted, you know, uh, that kind of treatment to another human being. And some of it, it's also because I'm also not as predisposed, you know. I don't know. If I had been predisposed to be violent, what my life would be, you know. I was so angry, I was so hurt when I was young that, my goodness, what could I have done if I'd been either wired differently or whatever, whatever it is that makes some people being able to contemplate doing those things or not, you know, I don't know, but uh, though, you know, I have no issue with those guys to be put away, you know, I don't believe in, uh, in a capital punishment, so I don't believe that they should be killed, that to me doesn't make any sense. I don't see the justice, but to to keep those away from mainstream, you know, mainstream, uh, ma mainstream, main street, you know, that makes sense to me. Yes, keep those guys away, you know, and of course, yeah, and then, you know, you, know, you keep an eye on, on that system to find out, you know, when those anomalies happened, and seem, I don't know if we're getting better or not at it. My guess is more than likely we are. You know, uh, recognizing trends and patterns, you know, of behaviors and and even those things keep evolving. But um, appreciating that kind of uh, the, that instable potentiality in the human psyche, and uh, but that things rarely happen happen out of nowhere. Anyway, so where did I come from? That oh yeah, from the the good nurse started to watch that yesterday. So Jessica Shasten, I like her. She was in uh, Molly's Game. I said, I must have watched that one about two or three times. Also based on a true story. I don't know what... Oh, I, mean, I know she's been in other stuff. I just don't know, but that's two, two movies based on true story for her. And then she... Oh, here is something kind of pretty sad, I think, from my standpoint. So she's his nurse in his hospital. She has this condition to where her heart valves are too small, I think. Basically, she needs a heart transplant, so she's going to die. 
because she can't supply enough blood to her body. So sometimes she get dizzy or, you know, and uh, obviously it's dangerous. And basically she hides it because she won't get insurance until one year on the job and she's working in a hospital. I'm like, how sad is that? <laughs> you know, just uh, that's def definitely something that, I don't know. I, I do definitely believe in universal coverage that anybody period in society should be coverage, should be covered. You know, that, that not even that it should be, but that we would want to because of uh, the idea of to justify somebody's suffering. And you know, and I, and I, when it comes to abusing the medical system, I mean, that's a different story. You know, there are people, there are things, checks and balances for that. And, you know, and some people are going to be leaning more than others, but regardless, to basically believe that you have access to that. Oh, I'm on top, guys. Not bad. I did it. I did it. <laughs> I did it. I was like, how sad, you know, that uh, here is this nurse who is basically, I mean, those guys work, many of them are quite quite amazing you know you're really happy to have them they're caring most of the time more caring you know than doctors you know that they are the one you're going to relate to you're going to connect and even sometimes you want you'll be more likely to trust the nurse than the doctor even though you know that the doctor is more knowledgeable and competent and has more experience in that but still I don't care how much you know until I know how much you care that goes a long way in human relationship and you know that's definitely any connection that you're going to have with anybody whether privately or professionally it is a relationship and uh and like makes me think of patch adams with robin williams when it's kind of challenged you know that kind of ethical distancing between the doctor and the patient anywho but yeah that was that's kind of a actually to me that's kind of the saddest part of the whole movie it's just this nurse that is sick, you know, that has this congenital, she has basically this genetic issue. So, and then she, and she has two young children and basically, two, I can't imagine what it must be like in her head, you know, hoping she makes it to the one year mark, you know, <laughs> crossing a finger that she can fool the system. So then she can have access to, I don't know, I just, uh, yeah. I would, is what I would call basic health care. And of course, you know, I'm not talking about that anything you have, you know, like uh, top of the line on everything. No, but basic, basic, basic stuff, you know, and at least pain management, you know, and at least, you know, at least palliative. They just, I don't know, I just see to me it makes sense that it would just be a basic safety net put in place for any human being. You know, whether a killer or drug addict, doesn't matter. Uh, CFO, <laughs> CFO, CEO, I don't know why I came up with CFO. Oh, there's money on my mind. Anyhow. So, so anyway, so I'm enjoying that. It's, uh, well, there's a kind of a funny thing, of course, about the kind of the black and white. So I have a feeling from the way it's looking that they're going to paint the, of course, the nurse, you know, Colin, whatever his other name is, you know, is obviously guilty. I mean, that's only going one way. 
but the, the hospital, I have a feeling, is going to be really uh, slapped at, you know. And the fact that, well, the reality that they have other priorities, you know, I, I understand that too. It's weird, but I get it that you know that they they have a fiscal responsibility to maintaining, you know, the uh, the hospital functioning and and then you know operable and all of that and and yeah, I guess sometimes. Uh, I don't know in terms of AI, you know, the threshold, you know, for guilt and shame in terms of owning up to something and not being so afraid of the consequences. I'm wondering if AI might not be more capable of that because as far as I can tell, it doesn't have an ego. And I think the ego is the issue here. Uh, so that's something that also could be interesting. Um, Anyway, but like I said, I'm a big, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of AI, though I, I know very little. But uh, I'm sold. It makes sense to me. It just makes sense. And I'm sorry, the, the human being doesn't have any uh, moral. <laughs> it doesn't have a moral platform to stand on. You know the idea that we will be the, the the safe keeper. I mean, like, are you joking? Are you kidding me? I mean, just just watch. Uh, you know, just watch the news. Just watch the news. Just watch what people are saying. Just watch the vitriol. You know, the the unleashed hate, the the intolerance, the ignorance, the arrogance. You know, and it's all about how that makes us feel, right? It's about our ego. That's the way that I see it. So if you take the ego out, you know, how does one behave? If that's not an issue. If you don't need to be a, to be looked at a certain way, number one, if you feel like you belong, so you accepted, you know, uh, like I forgot what it was. It was um, I forgot where I heard that. It might have been Simon. No, no, it was not. I forgot. I think it was a nutrition facts. They were talking about washing your hand, you know, after going to a patient, before going to a patient, and basically there was a study showing about fifty percent were not doing it. <laughs> Of doctors, of professional, we're not doing those things, you know, those basic things that are so important in that kind of environment. <clears throat> Out of laziness or who knows, maybe rebellion, some of it. Who knows? Who knows? But it's like, so we we are not the gold standard. We're not even the bronze. We're not even the metal standard. I don't know what we are, but I'm just not impressed. Any, any any voice coming from a human being for me is laughable. We are laughable in terms of integrity, of of the truth, in terms of real value. I am so skeptical. I'm definitely cynical when it comes to a human being. That being said, you know I I am a human being, so I am in that camp. So obviously, you know, part of me are behind it too. You know, I I, I also believe. You know, as I'm uh, reading those texts, sorry, I'm going to keep boring you about Philokalia, but like how beautiful what those guys are writing. You know, those people who, I guess, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're a marathon runner, you know, a politician or you work the stock market, you know, you don't invent the wheel. You're going to be stepping, you're going to be leaning on a lot of strong shoulders People who've been there, some that have been tried and true. I mean, there's always snake oil, but eventually, if you stick your neck long enough in it, 
you'll be able to discern what makes sense or not, you know, to each his own. But you, you rely on so much experience that is being carried like Atlas, you know, on Atlas shoulders through so many generations of people who care enough and are able and capable to transmit that information. So you have that to help you. You know, as I'm reading, you know, it's amazing sometimes how in detail they're talking about when you are basically, let's say you have a value or you believe in something and then you go against it. So kind of what takes place, you know, for that to happen? And then what's basically the best way to intervene? Instead of when it's fully fledged, good luck, you can't, you know. Once you're in the act of doing it, it's too late. But there are things that can be done before and it's so exquisite sometimes, you know, the way that's being said. So I am, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't believe that the human being is evil. I just don't think it's, I don't think the human being as a general rule is a beacon of morality. I just don't see it, you know, but at the same time, we are still, you know, at the pinnacle of evolution in terms of, you know, power affecting changes, you know, controlling, understanding. I mean, it's, it's impressive what human beings have accomplished, are capable of, and still are capable of. But I don't see that at the end. It's not the, the peak of evolution, you know, and I have no problem with, you know, something happening better than us, and I do hope. To me, that is definitely, it's one of my hopes, and of course, you know, something better will come than that, and then will help us, you know, will lend us a helping hand that we're not capable of lending to ourselves to go one step higher on that interesting journey called life. Anyhow. Anyway, but I think that's enough. I think that's enough for today. Getting, getting a nice little sweat here. So, I feel pretty good about the, about the climb. There is just a last bit, last bit of, a, just a, a little bit of unlevel ground. You have to go up a little bit. And then I get on top of this weird kind of rock formation here before starting to walk my way down. So, anyway, well, I mean, I have to say, um, on the Camino it's a little different, but for here, I mean, the legs feel completely fresh. So it's a decent, you know, it's a decent climb that I just did. You know, you're looking at about, I think it's around 600 feet or so in a short time. And, uh, and yeah, by just changing the pace, by being in touch with yourself, by knowing, you know, a little bit of effort, but not too much, and sustaining it. Anywho, always finding something. can always find some allegories, too, with uh, cooking and with walking. Anywho, and actually even now I'm kind of uh, finding a link also with spirituality. So... Last thing, I guess, before I let you go, I have to think hard about that lady, Isabel, my second client. Um, I think I'm going to say, you know what, when I'm getting done with you guys, I'll just send her a message. Say, hey, you know, checking up on you. Hope you're doing all right. Wishing you a great day. 
keeping it simple, but kind of at least reaching out. And then, uh, yeah, just checking on her. Because pretty soon all that stuff will be behind for a while. Anyway, guys, from uh, warmy, sunny, <laughs> uh, top of the mountain, Jamilena, uh, love and peace to you all. Have a beautiful day. Talk to you later.